As always, today's podcast is sponsored by Fire Facilities, makers of reliable, all-American steel fire training structures built the way you train. Fire Facilities towers, burn rooms, and mobile units help you prepare to respond and survive. Welcome back to Three Point Firefighter. Today's guest is another two-timer on the podcast, Chief Jacob Johnson. Now, Chief Johnson started in the fire service at the ripe old age of 15 in an explorer post. Now, throughout the years, he moved up in the ranks until he changed departments in 2007. So he now works for Perlin Fire, and he was one of the first original full-time members that was hired there. Now, currently, he sits as a member of the administration, serving as the assistant chief. Now, he has taught at numerous schools in Texas, and he's traveled all over the country in the past few years to teach his mentoring and leadership class. I cannot say enough good things about Chief Johnson. He's one of the best. I consider him a friend. He's always there for me, and he's always there for you, too. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Guaranteed you will. With that, Chief Jacob Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the beginning of my career, and so I got them to come over and help her and and. Uh, so now I think he's trying to give Luke a job at his house, uh, cleaning up his yard and doing some other things. So, oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. So, anywho, um, now, is Luke going to be a firefighter? You think? Man, I don't know. To be honest with you, I wish right because I'm first generation. Same here. Now so, I know he's big into football. Is that or is he looking man, at that career? Or? Yeah, I mean he's huge into football and he loves it. Uh, absolutely loves it. I find it hard. Luke is a, a very, very special human being, and um, I don't know what path he's going to choose. He is very talented with uh, theater and acting. Um, he he did in fifth grade this last year. He was a uh, Mufasa for Lion King. Oh, and it was, yeah, and it was actually a Disney produced uh, play that they sell to elementaries, and you have to have like certain props, you have to have certain lines. You have to, you can't, uh, like parents can't record or take pictures. Like it's a big oh, wow. deal. Right. And so, um, um, he, uh, he was Mufasa in it and he did an outstanding job and the whole cast did right. But like Luke to me really took it serious. He was studying every night. Like he did a great job. And then on top of that, um, he's one hell of a football player, loves playing football, um, and, but he also likes coming to work with me and he likes cutting holes and he likes doing truck work, you know, God's work. <laughs> and, uh, and so we got to, he gets to do that with me every now and then come and sit with me on the office at Fridays and the guys will take him out to the training field and let him chop up and, and pull lines or cut a hole with an ax or do other things. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, to figure out where his career is going to go, but you know, I support him in anything he wants to do. So, if he wants to be an actor and wants to go on Broadway, hey, I'll be the first one on, on, on the front row, you know. And if you want to play in the NFL, then let's let's get after it and let's work hard and let's see if we can make it happen, right? And if you want to be a firefighter, well, then I'm right here every step of the way and teach you everything I know and, you know, set you on your path. And, you know, we have that talk a lot of you're 11 and I understand that you don't want to think about these things. But in seven years, you're going to be going to college. So we kind of have to have an idea of what you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Just so we know how to prepare you as parents, right? And um, and I tell them all the time, there's there's no wrong answer, man. Like mm. if 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 you want to flip burgers and that's what you're passionate about, 
then you're going to be really good at it. And I'm going to make sure that you're good at it. And we're going to put in the work to be good at it. Right. But if you want to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or uh, an accountant like like my dad, you know, Paul, or you want to be a nurse like mom or a firefighter like me. Well, hey, here's what it takes to get to that level. Right. And mm-hmm. if if you really do want to chase the acting thing, then let's find some camps and let's put you in some camps, you know, whatever you want to do. So uh, the door is wide open for that kid, man. He's very special. He's very intelligent. I mean, heart of gold. Uh, I, I can't speak well enough about him. You know, I brag on Luke a lot, uh, but I kind of can't help it. You know, he's my only one. So uh, I'm going to brag as long as he allows me to. So, Well, here's the thing, though. If he struggles and he wants to be a firefighter uh, and an actor and football, I I just feel bad that you don't have anybody in your administration that might have some advice for him for all three things. That is just unfortunate to me. Or or do you have the perfect guy that does exactly all of that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Huh? So that's just it. Right. That's what I told him. I said, look, I said, I said, uh, I said, you know, chief Taylor, I said, he, um, I said, he was a football player. He was an actor. He was a firefighter. I said, he was a referee. I said, you know, so if you want to do all of that, I said, we can go have a conversation with him too. Right. And he can set you on your path. So, uh, he does have a pretty good friend there at, 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 uh, his full disposal. I, Sometimes I believe that Chief loves Luke more than me, uh, <laughs> and maybe it's just because I'm always bringing up conversation. But he's the first to ask me, like, "How was practice last night?" or "How was the game?" or "How's Luke doing?" or you know. And that's I was going to take a sip, but now I'm I'm going to start preaching here. But oh, let's hear when it. um when when those kids come up to admin, man, like that that fire chief will stop his day to sit down and have a conversation with a kid, and it doesn't matter whose kid it is. I mean. uh just two weeks ago, one of our employees, James, brought his twin girls up there and they were touring around and he said, hey, I want them to meet Chief, but the city manager's in there. I said, it won't matter. Bring them in there. <laughs> and sure enough, he brought them in there. He stopped this conversation with the city manager, hugged the girls, had a conversation with them, introduced them to the city manager, and then they went on their way. You know, you don't find that very often. And no. and to be able to have a chief like that, that takes your family and your kids that serious, man, that's that's a once in a lifetime chief to me. And, uh, I'm just very honored and very blessed that, uh, I get to work under him and I get to learn from him and that I get to have those moments at the coffee table in the morning and in the office in the evenings. And, um, that I'm able to, I'm able to see in, in, in real time, what it takes to be a good fire chief. And, uh, and he does that man. And we have a great team and, uh, he's a great leader and, and the sky's the limit for us, you know, it really is. I mean, you and Chief Taylor together to me, well, it's unfair for the rest because there's other fire departments that need you guys, but you're stuck at one. I mean, you could at least go somewhere else and help, but no, you guys are you're egotistical. You want to work together at the same department. <laughs> you guys are fantastic together. You, you guys work so well together. Uh, it's, it's honestly, I was joking, but I mean, it really is kind of almost unfair that you have such great leaders at one department. Um, the, the, you brought up the the table. So uh, I told the story uh, when I was talking to your chief um, on my podcast. So I, I like to uh, tell it again just because I love this story. So I go down to Paraland. Uh, I'm teaching with uh, NFPA 1403. I look around the corner. I see you sit. You have your white shirt on. And I see you like in a meeting, what I thought was a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to bug him. So I went back doing my stuff. And uh, later, uh, you come in there, you're like, Hey man, why'd you come talk to me? I said, Oh, I thought you were in a meeting. And he goes, no, you said, no, I, 
every day it's mandated that we sit in the in the little break room, have coffee. Anybody can come in and talk, and they can talk about anything or nothing. Yep. And so this kind of ex- got me excited, and I said, "Hey, man, can, do you care if I show up the next?" And you said, "Oh, please come on in." So uh, went there. I got to have coffee. I got to see. I got to see the process unfold right in front of me. So. For those that I got a picture of it and I'll put it up uh, with a podcast, but it's a small room uh, with a couple of vending machines, a little table, a few chairs, uh, and that's where they sit. They hold court there. Now, what I really like is in that one corner, there's a ton of other chairs stacked up because mm-hmm. you could have that room filled with people or hardly anybody, but every single day, during the week, you guys are accessible. You guys are there. That you can be approached. You can be talked to about anything or everything or nothing. And right. I got to witness that, and it it just blew me away. It blew me away. I told my buddy Chris Hubbard, who I was teaching with. So the next morning, we both showed up to have coffee, and it was it was just amazing. He said the exact same thing. We fly home from Paraland. Oh, by the way, I didn't, you know, I didn't get my luggage back until I yeah. got home, by Jeez the way. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag United sucks. <laughs> but uh, he sent me a picture because he went back on shift almost immediately because he was uh, a, a, an admin. Now now he's a dist- uh, district or battalion. Right. And he sent me a picture of him having coffee with his guys the very next day. And mm-hmm. it's just a powerful thing. And if you're listening and you're a fire chief. And you're trying to figure out why this is such a big thing to me and other people. Just try it. Just try yep. it. Try to be consistent with it. It is one of the neatest. It is the neatest. It is the neatest, most powerful leadership tool I have ever seen. Full stop. And I can't wait. Hopefully, I get to come back to Paraland because I'm definitely going to get there early so I could sit with you all and have coffee. Absolutely. Anybody can, man. I mean, even if you're not teaching, if you're just driving through town and you're a brother or sister and you want to come have a cup of coffee? Come on. I mean, it's, it's there, you know, I mean, we do it every day and, you know, and he's never looked at me and said, this is mandatory, but yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Right. And right. so it's, if you're not at the, if you're not at the table, they're going to send you a text message. Like, are you all right? Where are you at? You know? And you know, you don't have to sit there for, for an hour, hour and a half. If you want to sit there for 20 minutes and you want to leave, cause you have stuff to do, man, go ahead, but just come sit down and have a cup of coffee and, and be in the firehouse for a second. Right. And I mean, just the other day, it was, it was me, Chief Burt, Chief Taylor, Chief Sears, Chief Bridges, and then our data analyst and the three rookies that are in proby school right now. And then we had, uh, uh, the senior pipeman that was, uh, teaching them that day, Sal, he was teaching them, mm-hmm. uh, their EMS skills. So he was sitting at the table. Then we had, um, whoever was, I can't remember I think it was Catherine that was teaching or that was leading their PT that morning. She came and drank coffee. We literally had all ranks of the fire department minus a company officer sitting at the, sitting at the kitchen table, drinking coffee with us. And we had great conversation, a conversation about the future conversation about the strategic plan. We just uh, finished up conversation and showing pictures about our kids, all of that. And it took about 20, 25 minutes. And then they all dispersed to Proby school and Catherine went home and, and then it was just back to us chiefs sitting around the table and, and chopping it up for a little bit. So it's great, man. We, we, we have people that come in and out every day. Code enforcement will come and sit with us the other morning. Uh, we had the, their supervisor, one of their officers sit down with us for 20 minutes. Fire marshal come in and out. I mean, we, we really do have uh, a great, uh, 
time in the morning and having people come in and just say good morning. Sometimes it's just to fill up their water cup and they say good morning, talk for two or three minutes and then leave. Right. And that's what it's about, man, is having that firehouse feel uh, inside of admin and really proving that there are no silos uh, within this building. Right. We, we are an open book. We are your brother. We are your sister. We just happen to be in a position of leadership or in, in a position of of rank that that puts us, you know, at close to the top of the tier here. But at the end of the day, we know our foundation was the firehouse and we always come back to that. It, it is. It's powerful. It really is. Um, and it, it, another thing that's cool is you'll send me pictures of you in meetings and say, look, you dropped by today. And I'm like, I can't the area you're in, the area you are in in Houston. Now, Houston's gigantic, but mm-hmm. there is so many industry leaders in your department, obviously, uh, and around you. And uh, you you sent me some pictures of people that you're just chopping it up with. And, and, and I don't know, I think it was Chief Taylor's office, the last couple of pictures. And I'm like, this life you've got, man. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, you got to sit there every now and then and just go, this is amazing. I get the, the, the people I have access to that are mm-hmm. friends that that have all this knowledge. I mean, how do you not pick their brain constantly? I mean, that's I, all I do. That's and that's why I send you those pictures. One because um, I'm 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 almost in shock that I get to do this life every day. That I get mm-hmm. to be in this building with these people every day. You know, every single moment of my career in Paraland Fire Department has been the same. It is just absolutely awesome that I get to show up and work in this fire department and work with these people and get to have. Um, an impact on the job that I never thought I'd be able to have. And I, and I only have that impact because of those who have taught me, those who still teach me, those who are around me currently. Right. And, and I don't mean impact as far as me presenting, I'm talking about impact in the lives right there within Pearland fire department. And that, that is what's more important to me than anything that exists outside those walls. And, and to have that and to, and to be able to have that amount of experience around me and to be able to, to ask ideas and to tell, Hey, I don't know how to handle this. What, what's normal and, and to get, you know, three or four different ways, solid ways of how to handle a situation. It is unbelievable to me that I get to have this type of career, you know, and <laughs> it is, it is an absolute blessing. And, and, you know, I've had a conversation with code the other day and they said, Hey, chief, you know, uh, we know that you always say, Hey, it's going to be a great day. We know you always say like, I love you, you know, but what's the reason? And I told him, I said, you know, one's about setting the tone, right? So like we talked earlier, you got to set the tone with it's a great day, but why do I say I love you so much? And I'll tell you why I said, it's because you walk out that door and five minutes later, you're gone. Like, that's just my mindset. I want you to know every time I see, Hey, I love you. Like I, I truly do. I said, but outside of that, I want you to understand what that means for me. And I said, you know, I'm a young man and I've been on the job for a while and and I'm not ready for it to end. But if God stood before me today, I would tell him, take me over you because I want you to have the career I've had over 23 years because it has been awesome. And I don't want anybody to ever be shorted of what I've had. And yes, it comes with bumps and yes, it comes with bruises and yes, it comes with, with curvy roads. But, man, it has been so awesome to end up in this moment working with the people that I do now and the people I have over the last 16 years that I want everybody on the job to experience that. And so when I tell you I love you, it's it's coming deeper than just I got to tell you because it's the brotherhood. It's because I want you to understand that I, I, I truly do believe that I will give up my life for you 
because I want you to have what I've had. I want you to be blessed the way that I've been blessed on this job and in this career. And I want you to be able to experience everything that I have, you know, and when I said that, it really resonated with him. And he came back a couple of days later and he was like, I don't think I've ever had anything explained to me like that. And I said, man, it's, it's, it's not to make me sound cool. It's not, it's not for me to, to try to die on the sword for you. Right. Like I have a young son and a wife, like I don't want to die today. I don't, I want to have a very good long career, retire and become a grandfather and all this. But what I'm telling you is when you, when you use those words and it's on this job, it better have a meaning like that in order to have the impact that you want it to have. And he was like, well, you impacted me. I said, good. I said, now go out there and earn the career that you want. Right. My, my why is to give people the career that they, that they deserve and desire. And I said, so if you want and you desire a good career, I said, tell me what you want and we'll make it happen because I love you. And I'm here to make sure that you get everything that you desire on this job because the average American lives 77 to 78 years. We only have 30 of that to make an impact on this job. So when you look at it, you have about 20% of your life that, it, that you have the opportunity to make an impact. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that you get all 20% filled up as, as full as it can be before you walk away. So, I, Again, the most genuine, wonderful person I've ever met. Mr. Jacob Johnson. I mean, you just, you get, you get me excited about things. I, and, and you know, I've had, you know, private conversations with you. I can get down at work, but it's that kind of stuff right there that lets me know I'm not alone. It always gets better. And then I have a responsibility to share that message too. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're a fantastic human being, which would explain why, why you get asked to go to so many places to uh, speak and I mean, you got in uh, your articles too. Uh, you just published one in Firehouse uh, earlier in the the, the summer yeah, in, in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it was the uh, the off the company officer one, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that one because I loved it. I'm going to post it when they're when they're listening to this. They're going to be able to scroll down the description and, and get the link and, and oh, read okay, it because cool. it's amazing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's just it's about how to be a good company officer, but how does it start, right? And 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 what does it take to be a good company officer? And it's you know, to me, it was really going into depth about <clears throat> how big of a change it is and what it takes to go through that change. Right. And and it really was inspired by me transitioning from operations to admin. Um, it was it was the most difficult transition uh, that I've ever made in my career. And I still don't think I'm done. Right. Like I'm um, I just got a reminder on my wife's birthday on the 11th. That was the day that they announced me uh, being appointed to assistant chief. So here in about nine days will be my one year anniversary. And I don't think I've fully transitioned yet. Right. Like I still find myself in some aspects thinking at kind of like a BC level and and by no, no disrespect to that. It's not, you know, dumbing myself down. It's I want to handle a problem like a BC should handle it versus the way an AC should. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that mindset, that transition that I'm still that I'm still making. Right. Like. It's going to take just a little bit to to just get into the role. Right. And um, so and so I write it because I want people to understand, man, like when when you get that company officer, you are the golden ticket to the job. I'm sorry. Like the, the fire department lives and dies on your shoulders. If you have a very weak fire department, I promise you it's because you have very weak company officers. Mm-hmm. If you have a very good fire department, it's because you have very good company officers. 
You have strong company officers that believe in accountability and treat people right and, and understand that if you want to raise morale, you have to treat people right. It's not about all the cool, flashy things, right? It's about the way you treat people. And we have to understand that um, when you get that call and they promote you, everything in an instant is different. And that's what I depict in that article, right, is when you wake up and brush your teeth, it's different. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you see I'm no longer driver, operator, engineer. I'm, you know, Lieutenant Johnson. It's different. When you kiss your family goodbye in the morning, it's different. When you swipe, you know, that card going through the gate to, to park, everything goes silent because that's the first moment. Like it's here, you know, and, you know, I'm sure if you're like me, you know, you were up staring at the ceiling, you know, two hours before your alarm went off because one of excitement, two of anxiety and two of a little bit of fear and butterflies. Right. Mm -hmm. And how do we get through that? And that's what this article was, was how to push through it, but also how to give yourself those moments that you need on your first day. It's no different than a probie. You need that moment to say, man, I'm a lieutenant. I'm a company officer. I'm a captain. I'm this right. You need to have those moments and you need to walk in the firehouse when that rookie looks at you and says, morning, Captain, morning, Lieutenant or morning, Lou. You just look right back at them and say, good morning. How are you? It's going to be a great day and move on. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have that passed down. And it's important for that chief to grab that company officer, in my opinion, and walk them to the pumper. Like, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but man, like I did that. And I think it was impactful is walk them to the pumper and say, this is your seat. And with the seat comes great responsibility. And here is the responsibility that it comes with. Right. And, and today is your day. This is your first day as a company officer. Enjoy it. Ride that seat with pride, ride it with, with confidence, ride it with consistency, ride it with competence and, and go out the door and be the firefighter that I know you are and that I've seen. Okay. I got it. All right. So here's your moment, son. Here's your moment, ma'am. You are a company officer. Congratulations. Now get to work and walk away. Right. It's, it's, those little moments, man, just finding those little moments to make those impacts. And that's that's kind of what the article was, is just here's how you're going to feel on your first day. Here's what should be happening on your first day. And then, you know, follow me basically at the end is, you know, here's your here's your front seat. Have a good time. Here's all the stuff. And then follow me. Right. And um, I, I'm hoping that, you know, we can do a part two to it. I'm kind of working on a couple different things right now. But um, that one was probably my, I wouldn't say hardest to write, but it was definitely the most, um, in depth that I wanted to write because I really wanted to hit home on what the internal feeling is, right. Uh, of, of getting that promotion because everybody on the outside sees a happy, eager, or maybe a happy, nervous person, or they may think, Oh, you know, he or she's just big headed, but they don't fully understand what's going on internally. And I wanted the world to understand, like, you know, what I described internally may only happen to 10% of the people on the job may only mm -hmm. happen to Jacob Johnson. I don't know, but I know it happened to me with each promotion. So when I made Lieutenant, when I made chief, when I made assistant chief, every day that I woke up that first day, I had a different feeling and I was up staring at the ceiling and I had all these internal feelings. And I feel it's important to put that out there. So that way the firefighters and the driver operators they know how they can support their officer to be successful as much as the officer supports them to be successful. So if you can try to understand what's going on internally, then mm -hmm. you can support your officer and, and really go in the right direction and have a successful crew. It's just nice to know that the feelings that you're having are the same feelings that everybody else kind of has. So if you're reading that article, you're going, 
wow, I had that exact feeling. I thought I was Mm -hmm. all by myself. So uh, with the newer generations uh, of officers being made, I highly recommend reading the article. Uh, But that's that's a great message for them. Like, you know, you're not alone. You know, you might be feeling this, this and this. That's fine. Uh, I do love the idea of walking somebody. That seems like such a neat ceremony to, you know, I say ceremony. It's such a neat tradition to do uh, to walk them and then explain like how important that seat is. Right. And that, man, that's awesome. I, that is, I, I wish that would happen at my place. Maybe that's something uh, my chief will start implementing. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, it's you a know, great thing. Yeah. And it's something that you can implement, right? I mean, anybody can implement it, I think, is it's just finding, man, I, uh, you know, it's the one thing that I preach on the most is just finding the most minute moments to make an impact, man. Like grab the opportunity and make an impact. And it takes five seconds of your time. It's not any, like you're saying, it's not a ceremony. It's not any real big thing. It's just grabbing, grabbing and say, Hey, let's walk to the front seat. Here's this. Here's what it's about. Here's your responsibility. And just giving them that second to take in a breath. Yes, I am a company officer, but now I got to buckle down and get to work. It's no different than taking that rookie to the bumper and flying the doors and taking their picture on the bumper and, and explaining the bumper to them in the history and all the jackets and, and coats and, and bunker pants that it's hold, held, all the shoulders that have been leaned on, you know, the historical references to the front bumper. Um, what does it mean to a crew to sit on the front bumper and explain to them how they earn the right to sit on the bumper, right? And kind of the stuff that I, that I present on about that. So it's no different than that. And, and you should walk a driver to the wheel and say, this is, this is the wheel that you're going to turn. And here's the responsibility with it. And, you know, I, I really believe in those small moments, man, that take five seconds of your life uh, to just make a small impact in someone. And, but most importantly, flip their mindset and, and mm-hmm. engage their mindset of, okay, this is real. Like I'm a company officer. My responsibility is this. These lives are on my shoulders. This fire department is on my shoulders. Success of this crew is on me. Here's, here's what we need to do. Mindset engaged and go kick butt. I mean, it's to me, it, it really sets that up other than just being some grumpy chief that says, Oh, I'm glad to have you on the shift. Have a good day, man. Just take, take five seconds of your life to make an impact. It's pretty simple. Well, yeah. And I'm not surprised that you do that again. I'm not going to rehash something that was in the other podcast, but one of the things that you did that uh, is, is next level is how you wrote uh, handwritten notes to the family of, of the people on your crew. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it, and I, I just wanted you to know, and I've told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. After the leadership class, when we talked about that, <clears throat> I have a captain that did the exact same thing. He wrote handwritten letters to the families of his crew. And so that made a gigantic impact on him. So now you think about it. Imagine those his crew now, when they go up in rank and they have some time in the fire service, you know, they'll probably do that. Hopefully they'll yep. do that. Hopefully. I mean, it's, it's genuine concern. And I, I tell you what I'm learning late in the game. I am learning this late in the game. Um, the importance of including family in what we do. Mm-hmm. We always say that the fire service is a family and we are. And then we always say, you know, we, we understand that you have a family at home. But for me right now, because of Christina and because of some people, uh, that I work with have brought things up, um, I'm like, you know what? We need to include the family in more events and more things. And and somehow, and I'm trying to find ways to, uh, for my department, to get family involved in the firehouse, you know, yep. to really prove that it's, it is a family. Yep. So and I hate that I'm learning that late in my life, but. Well, but, you know, I don't think it was anything that was ever preached, you know, even when I was a probie, right, was 
is we have to have respect for the firefighters family, right? Mm -hmm. We have to have respect and, and, and honor their sacrifice, right? Is, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been on the job 30 years and look how much you travel now and teach and you do the podcast and, you know, you do a lot, you're very involved, you know, uh, officer on the job. Well, how much has your family sacrificed in order for you to do all that? Right. Yeah. And, and their sacrifice has to be respected and it has to be validated and it has to be honored. And, and what better way to do that than just a small note, right? My family has sacrificed a ton, right? How many times do you get a phone call from your wife? You know, the, the, the smoke detector's going off or she burned dinner or, you know, Luke has to get to football practice and then to school. And then he has a test and we have to do homework and you're sitting at the firehouse drinking coffee at a kitchen table, laughing and having a good time. And, yep. and yeah, you're going to be up all night, but you know what? At the end of the day, you're not doing what your spouse is doing at home. Right. And we, we, you know, they have to be respected and they have to be honored and validated. And so, you know, I think that's, that's where it goes a long ways. And I have a great example of that in parallel with Captain Ryan, one of my, uh, longtime friends. We came in together uh, in Pearland. We started together. We were lieutenants together on the same shift. Then I was his BC on the same shift. And he was my captain, my right-hand man. He was he was my write-up BC when I was off. I mean, and, and even today, I deal with him a lot directly when it comes to the Swiftwater team and other projects that he's in charge of. And and uh, Russ is just one of those special people, man, that, that very few firefighters ever get to experience. And uh, one of the top company officers we have in the fire department. And, you know, what he does is every time we work 4896. So every time that they work a Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. he has instituted, man, probably eight, nine years now on that Sunday is family day. And everybody's family comes to the firehouse. They cook dinner. They, they have games for the kids. They take pictures. They hang around the coffee table themselves, all the wives and husbands and, and everybody brings uh, like a potluck. And then the, the station, the firehouse will cook like the protein and, uh, and then they sit down as a family. Sometimes they have 20 people in the firehouse with kids running everywhere and they sit down, they have a family day on Sundays, you know, in the fire department, the peer support team, they host a, a Pearland family day, uh, every November and they bring out, um, catered food, uh, fun jumps for the kids, a coffee food truck. Uh, they have pictures, games, they have all kinds of stuff going on. And last year, this last November, I want to say it was right at, 80 something people that showed up total uh, throughout the day. And so we do things like that. You know, our families and kids are invited to our awards banquet. That's something that most fire departments don't do, Mm -hmm. but all the kids and all the wives and husbands are allowed to come to the awards banquet and see their dad or their mom recognized and eat dinner and and have a, a, a formal night out with professional pictures and, and do things. So we do do a lot of that. And that wasn't the way it was when I was a probing. I think, you know, I don't think you're late to it. And I don't think that you're learning it late in the game. I think it's just, this is the time that the job is transitioning, right? Mike Galliano mm-hmm. talks about it all the time. It's a pendulum right on the job. And I think we're just on this upward swing right now where we're starting to realize and respect and honor and validate the sacrifices of our families and how important it is to get them involved in the job. Uh, so that way they understand everything we go through, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I tell you another thing, um, my uh, deputy chief, uh, who was in that, he was part of the, uh, uh, that class I keep bringing up to level two. He brought up an idea in a staff meeting that I thought was really incredible. So another thing, speaking of things that are being more and more, uh, uh, recognized in the fire service is the mental health that we, a lot of us struggle with because of our job. 
So he brought up a fantastic idea about having some type of uh, a night for the wives or the spouses to come and, uh, you know, have dinner for them and everything, but have like a speaker there to let them know about the type of job that their other, their, their spouse has. And the, if you see these signs, don't think it's this, maybe it's this, give them resources. And I thought that was a really brilliant idea. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully that'll happen in the future. And again, maybe you're right. Maybe this is just a big transition in the fire service right now where we, we truly are doing something. Um, I, there's an animal in here. I didn't know it was in here. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, um, that, it's only going to make the fire service better. Now, I love the fire service. You know that. I love everything about it. Uh, but to what we said earlier, there is no finish line. There is no 100%. There's only trying. There's only effort. And sure. the day that you stop, regardless if it's a program for the families or uh, your own uh, officer development, um, then then you might be doing it wrong. You know, the the job owes us nothing. We owe the job everything. Every so we have to give it all. We have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree with you, Jake. Well, brother, we always agree, right? Yeah. I mean, like I think we do on carrots. most things. Yeah, I mean, carrots. except engine and truck work, but you know. Look, I love truckies. They're the gentlemen of the fire service. They open the doors for, for firefighters to, hey. to put out the fire. Yeah, but we're also the ones that hold your hand to daycare and let you put the fire out, you know? So <laughs> follow are we going to do this? Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my man. goodness. Well, brother, I got a heart out. I apologize, but... It's a good thing because uh, my youngest is going to is moving up to school next week at University oh, of Cincinnati. Good. So okay. the whole family is getting together about an hour. Most of our family lives a couple hours away. So uh -huh. we're going to meet in the middle and have a great big family early dinner because my niece, uh, uh, Caden, is going to uh, University of Louisville, which is luckily right next to us. So we get to see her more. And my daughter, London, is going to University of Cincinnati, which is only about an hour and a half away. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're all going to go down there to Frankfurt and celebrate. So that's the only reason, or we'd still be talking, brother. You know that. Hey, and I know. Hey, and let me tell you. So that's interesting because one of my mentors in the fire service, his son, uh, Brian Hack, goes to Cincinnati University, of Cincinnati. So really, yes. So tell London to look him up. I'll text you his name, please. And then that please. way, if she ever needs anything, then she can go to a firefighter son. For help. Brother, I just told her. I said, "Look, if you find if you cannot get a hold of us and you're having you're lost, flat tire, doesn't matter what the problem is." I said, "Just find a firehouse." I said, yep. two in the morning, two in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. Tell them that you're a daughter of a firefighter." I said, "I promise you, you will be taken yep. care of better than you could imagine." So 100%. I'm I'm going to definitely pass that on because that just that fits perfectly. Yeah, man, he's up there. He's a sophomore, and uh, he's into the music thing. Mm -hmm. So I think he's taken, I think he wants to be like a music teacher or something. So he did band and I don't know, I can't remember exactly if he's on the band there or not, but, mm -hmm. uh, he just drove back, uh, last weekend, he just drove back to Cincinnati and, uh, and I've known Jerry, his dad for oof 25 years or so. My parents are his kids, godparents. I mean, so it's a real tight family friend and he's, his dad was a fire chief for a lot of years. He's like second or third generation fireman. So, wow. wow. Yeah. So right there an hour and a half from you. Man, brother, thank you for your time. You're a wonderful friend. You're a wonderful person. You know, I love you to death and I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm sure we'll be texting. Hopefully I'll have some cool pic pictures to text you, but uh, you keep those cool pictures. Keep coming to me, man, because I love it. I love seeing the people you're talking to and that that is your life. That is so awesome. And I know uh, September you're going to be up at Firehouse Expo yep. and you're going to be uh, teaching. Don't tell me. Don't tell me just yet. Uh, oh, 
uh, I, I forget the exact name, but regret. Um, I, I know what it's about. Um, yeah. hold on a second. Let me look at it real quick. Founded on failure and fueled by regret, September 27th uh, mm-hmm. at Firehouse Expo. Uh, I'm going to put a link to that, link to some of your articles. Um, Google Jacob Johnson podcast, YouTube, whatever. There's so much more to him. He, I promise you, if, if you're down, you'll get up. If you're up, you'll get higher. Mm-hmm. You're the best, brother. I love you today. I really appreciate it, Jake. I love you too, my man. And uh, I wish you were coming to FRI because I'll be there in two days. So I'll be at FRI all week and I present on Friday and then football again on Saturday. So I'm looking I, forward got, to it. And I'll try harder to be there next year. Hey, man, it's all good, bro. I I just wish I could see your face, you know? So, yeah, but uh, look, hey, it's, look. it's, I, I love you to death, man. I appreciate everything you do for me because there's days that you text me that, man, it, it, it's nice to hear from a good friend. So I do appreciate that in the phone calls. And even when you're in Arizona and I was texting you, I guess it was four in the morning, your time, even though I'm used to you being an hour <laughs> ahead of me. So, yeah. uh, but man, I, I do appreciate all you do. And I do really appreciate you putting Chief Taylor on the podcast because he's, he's somebody special that needs to be heard more often as well. So he I appreciate imagine. all you've done for us, man. Thank you so much, brother. That, Thank you. That really means a lot to me. Now tell tell Chief Taylor tomorrow that you and I talked football the whole entire time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now is that yep. the one with the racket or the horn? You know what? Never mind. He'll figure it out. <laughs> I love you, Watch buddy. Watch out that trombone. That trombone slide will keep coming. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. You know, much people have heard that and come up to me at work and talk about the trombone slide. I'm telling you, and you need to make it a sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. Don't I? I'll yeah, make it a trombone shirt. slide around your neck. <laughs> Have a good one, brother. All right, brother. You too. See ya. See ya.